illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how are you doing tonight? Dude, doing good. So, I, I for once I didn't have to work tonight, so yeah. only had to do my, only work twelve hours today, not the typical fourteen to fifteen. So I'm doing all right. There you go. There you go. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk Beaver sports, tailgate, and anything else you find interesting every week, and just generally have some fun. If you'd like to listen to us, remember you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and any other podcast you might like. Get in touch with us, HeinerTailgator gmail.com, at HeinerTailgator on Twitter, and HeinerTailgator on Facebook. All right, Beej, are you ready to do some Beaver Sports News? I hope it's positive news because the weekend is rough. Yes, yeah, that it was, that it was. Um, well, we did get, and I, I won't get into this much because I don't get into a lot of the recruiting stuff because mm-hmm. for me, you got to see people get uh, on the on campus and actually enrolled and, and making it. So, but the uh, Beavers did sign a couple of five-star recruits for the women's basketball team. Really? Yeah. So that's positive. And uh, baseball just signed some guys today. Okay. I won't go into it. Cause like I said, until they're on campus and actually playing, it's doesn't mean that much to me. Gotcha. But you know, it, you know what? What is it? What do they say? Nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. True. Nothing attracts a five-star athletes like a winning program. This is true. This is true. I mean, that's that's what the Ducks have done, and I mean they've bought themselves a winning program, and now they got all these good recruits coming in. That they do. Huh? We had to earn it. 
They just bought it. Yeah. Well, we do have some more women's basketball news, Beach. Okay. Oregon State sophomore standout Taylor Jones has been named to the preseason watch list for the Katrina McLean Award. The Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame and Women's Basketball Coaches Association announced last Thursday. Now named after the two-time All-American and 1987 National Player of the Year, the annual award is in its fourth year and it recognizes the top power forwards in women's NCAA Division I basketball. A national committee of top college basketball personnel determined the watch list of 20 candidates. Now Jones, who was named as one of ESPN's top 10 freshmen last season, was All-Pac-12 All-Freshman selection and was chosen as an All-Pac-12 Honorable Mention. She was a three-time Conference Freshman of the Week and was named to the USBWA National Freshman of the Week in January. Now she etched her name in the Oregon State Freshman Record Book, setting the freshman records for blocks and sitting second in freshman uh, for rebounds and sixth in freshman scoring. Now the Forney Texas native averaged 12.3 points and 7.3 rebounds per game last season and finished second in the Pac-12 in field goal percentage at 58.3. Now overall, she had 10 double-doubles and 21 double-figure scoring games. I'd like to point out I had a double-double tonight too. Lucky bastard. I was actually thinking about that. I was watching something and they talked about In-N-Out. I'm like, you know, I got an In-N-Out half an hour from my house. Why don't I go there more? You know, it always drives me nuts when I go up there because I bring my A game when I go to In-N-Out, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, they they stop you before even, you know, with the person at the, you know, standing out there. And, I mean, I know what I want. Exactly. I I want a number one, no onions, no tomatoes, cheese fry, and a large Coke in my car. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Pisses me off when they go up there and you're like, I want a number one. Do you want onions on that? Well, That was going to be a statement. We yeah. would have been faster if you just kept your mouth shut. Well, but the problem is, Beach, they're trying to, to guide the conversation. Because I too know, many people aren't ready. So you're so, suffering so then, for the ineptitude of others. Oh, So then when I go to the first window where you pay, uh-huh. and it always seems like forever because they're like, um, you have. So right when I go to the first window, I'm like, I had number one, no tomatoes, no onions, cheese fry, large Coke. All right, $10. There you go. We're good. I like the fact that it's a perfect $10. It's like I'm ordering the perfect meal. That it's even $10. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. So anyway, sorry. It's the double-doubles got me sidetracked. No problem. All right, Beach, let's go into a little bit of men's basketball news. All right. Ethan Thompson was named to the preseason All-Pac-12 second team as selected by the media, the conference announced last Thursday. Now, in a, it's the second straight year Thompson was selected the preseason All-Pac-12 second team. Now, he's a senior from L.A., California. He started all 84 games in his career and has scored 1,199 points, the 24th most in OSU history. He has increased his assists and steal numbers all three seasons and entered senior campaign with 371 assists and 93 steals. Hmm. So that's, that's good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, Beach, this week we've got uh, three bits of football news. Okay. First up, Oregon State redshirt. What was that? Positive as I'm hoping. Oh, yeah, that's all good stuff. Oregon State redshirt senior Hamilka Rashid Jr. has accepted an invitation to the Reese's Senior Bowl he announced on Thursday. Now, he's an outside linebacker for the Bees. He's a preseason All-American and watch list candidate for the Benarik, Nagurski, and Butkus Awards, as well as the Lot Impact Trophy. In 2019, he led the nation with a school record 22.5 tackles for loss and finished tied for third with 14 sacks. He was named an All-American by multiple news organizations and was also a first-team All-Pac-12 pick. 
Now, the Reese's Senior Bowl will be held January 30th, 2021 at 11.30 a.m. Pacific from Mobile, Alabama. You know what's funny about that, Beach? So it's the Reese's Senior Bowl. What's funny about that? What is funny about that, Billy? Well, Beach, it's the Reese's Senior Bowl, so Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Do you know anybody from Ohio? Um, not that I, uh, do I know anybody from Ohio? I might. If you know anybody from Ohio, ask them to ask them what the name of the peanut butter cup is. Oh, don't you said they, they call it Reese's, right? They call it Reese's. Yeah. And it's just Ohio. It's not like Ohio and part of Pennsylvania. Just Ohio. What? Why? I don't know. Do we know why? I don't know. And I've tried to explain to several people. I'm like, it's not Reese's because then it would be Reese's Pieces. It's Reese's Pieces. And they all mm-hmm. look at me like, holy shit, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. They call it Reese's. All right, Beach. Uh, also going on, Oregon State redshirt senior Hamaka Rashid Jr. is one of the 30 candidates nationally for the 2020. 2021 Senior Class Award, it was announced Friday. Now, to be eligible for this award, student athletes must play at the FBS level, be a senior, and have notable achievements in four areas of excellence, community, classroom, character, and competition. Now, he is the lone Pac-12 conference player on the candidate list. So that's kind of a cool one. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And... Do you have something else? No, I got nothing. Oh, finally today, Beach, Oregon State redshirt junior Champ Flemings was named as the Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week. I, I was thinking about that on uh, during the game. I like the name Champ. Oh, yeah. You know? and, and he's a I, little I, guy. He's 5'5". Five, five. It, it, it's, it's like it's a good name for a, for, for a, for a little dude. It's a good name for a dog. It's, mm-hmm. Hey, Champ, you're looking good, Champ. Doing mm-hmm. a great job out there, Champ. Now, Flemings returned four kickoffs Saturday versus Washington, returning them for a total of 125 yards. He had two returns of 40 or more yards. The first was a 42-yard return in the second quarter that led to a Jamar Jefferson touchdown. Um, His second big return uh, came to open the third quarter when he went for 43 yards. Now, the 125 yards are Flemings' third most in a single game, following 187 against Washington State and then 137 against Oregon, both in 2018. His 31.2 yards per return average Saturday marked his single best game average ever. Now, Flemings is a Pasadena, California native. Um, He's the first non-kicker for Oregon State to earn special team honors since Clayton York did it in 2011. You you know, I always uh, feel like we've struggled in uh, kickoff returns. Mm Mm-hmm. So over the last uh, few years, and you, when you think he's averaging, what would you say, 40 yards per? He averaged uh, 31.2 yards per return on Saturday. I, I mean, theoretically, you know, that's that's three first downs that we don't have to make. Correct. You know, and it seemed like before we would grab the ball and we'd go down within five yards of where we got the ball at. Mm-hmm. So this is, it's it's really an exciting thing. Yep. So cause, I mean, honestly, if we're going to have any success out there this year, we need strong special teams. I agree. I agree. Um, and one final bit of news, Beach: The Civil War game for next week has been slated for a 4 p.m. kickoff. Ooh, that's very good. Yes, 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 yes. So, so Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, 4 p.m. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Me too. I think I got to work in the morning, but I should be done by noon, so that'll give me time. Same, same. Yeah. 
Ain't no rest for the wicked, Billy. Yep. Oh, hey, Billy. Yes, me. Hold on. Do you hear that? I do. I do. Hold on, Dad. Just one second. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. University of uh, Oregon President Schill discusses defunding the University of Oregon Police Department. Did you hear about this? Uh, no, I did not. Well, President Schill announced on November 9th uh, of U of O police reform that would reduce the amount of armed University of Oregon police officers by 26%. Schill said that the decision was motivated by the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis and recent discussions about racial disparities. Now is the time to make progress. But as we move towards making progress, we can't lose our heads as we do it, he said. We have to do it in a thoughtful way, a sustainable way, a way that truly helps the people that we are hoping to help, that empowers them, and we need to listen to them. Shill believes he's found a good place for us to launch in when it comes to U of O police reform and acknowledge that the decision won't make everybody happy. About completely disbanding University of Oregon Police Department, he said, I can't imagine, I can't imagine an argument that would cause me to do that, said Shill. But obviously, I'm open to it. Shill said, if there is uh, no U of O Police Department, the Eugene Police Department will be called in emergencies. And he would rather have officers that are familiar with students and are trained to deal with them. Well, first thing I have to say is, could the guy use every stupid buzzword in there at one time? I'm surprised he didn't use the term diversity. Yeah. A cultural awareness. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple he missed. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he definitely went through the PC police to write this one. Yes, he did. Um, and I have a hard time understanding why something that happened in Minneapolis has anything to do with the police department at the University of Oregon campus. Just, well, well, it happened over there. Well, you know, something happened over in Taiwan, so we should do it over here. It has nothing to do with anything. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I agree. Yeah, because you had one, well, whether you made a bad decision or not, but the fact of the matter is, Two individuals interact in over in another state has nothing to do with the interaction between the police department and the University of Oregon students at all. You know, and any any uh, any group that feels that they don't uh, don't need police deserves it. You know, it's just just absolutely ridiculous that that anybody would even ponder such a thing. You know, they, they talk about, you know, how can you honestly have a, a conversation about this when you're also complaining at the same time that there's violence um, uh, um, uh, against women throughout campus? And there's a what do they call it? A rape, a rape culture on campus. Oh, yeah. So so we have a rape culture on campus, according to the same individuals that want to take the police off the campus, want to, to disarm them. You know, and then on top of that, we're going to take the police off when we've just made the, the access to drugs uh, not a crime. So now you're going to have more people freaking probably high, not going to, you know, I was listening to a thing. If you make drug use a crime, when you have to go to the judge, the judge will say, I'm either going to throw you in jail 
or we can we, you can take a rehab alternative. Those are your choices, A or B. There's no C, right? Mm-hmm. You either go to jail or you go to rehab, but you're not going to get another alternative. If you decriminalize drug possession, drug use, then you no longer can say you're going to jail or you're going to rehab. The only thing you can say is, I highly recommend you go to rehab, but there's no enforcement of that. Mm-hmm. So how is that helping anybody? It's not making the public more safe. It's not making the uh, it's not helping the individual who's got issues that doesn't want to deal with them. And uh, this is what we're going to do. So we're going to have more of these people on the things, more of these people probably in campus because that's where that kind of crap starts. And you're going to defund the police department and disarm 26 percent of them. But that's just a slippery slope to to removing all the police altogether. Mm hmm. So he can say, I can't think of anything, but the pressure among these stupid progressives is going to push him over the top and he'll make stupid decisions and then he'll have nobody to blame except I'm sure Republicans will be the problem. But anyway. Well, it's just like a couple years ago, they had a problem with a certain group in school getting suspended. There's a, there's a, 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 a big number of this group getting suspended and this isn't right. Okay, so we'll stop suspending them. It's like, let us solve the problem. What are they doing to get suspended? You need to fix mm-hmm. that. That's what needs to be fixed, not them not them getting suspended, it's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is the misguided way that people think yeah, they're going to so, fix things. So, so just just more wonderful things coming from the University of Oregon campus. Right. Can't wait to see where this, you know, that's a, what 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 does he say? It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Yep, pretty much. All right, Beach, are you ready to go under further review for week number two in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! I am. I am. All right, Beach. Well, heading into this week, um, we were all at two out of four because one game, two games got canceled last week. Who, who got canceled? Well, last week, two weeks ago, the Utah game, the Utah-Arizona State game, and the Cal-Washington game got canceled. So that's why we only had four games instead of six. Now, so who hasn't played – Utah hasn't played any games yet, right? We'll find out right now. Okay. All right, Beach. First up, we had number 11, Oregon, at Washington State. <coughs> I'm sorry. I, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Yep. Yep, we all three took the Ducks. Uh-huh. Well, Beach, the 11th-ranked Oregon Ducks overcame three turnovers and a 12-point first-half deficit to beat the Washington State Cougars 43-29 to on Saturday for their first win in Pullman since 2014. Now, after the Cougs pulled within a touchdown on a Dion McIntosh score with 440 left in the game, the Ducks responded with a six-play, 75-yard drive to push their lead back to 14 points with a minute 40 left. True freshman Jaden Delora threw for 321 yards on 25 of 39 attempts and had two touchdowns with zero interceptions for Washington State. And Renard Bell caught 10 of those passes for a career-high 158 yards and a TD. Now, behind two fumble recoveries and an interception from another true freshman, Aiden Hector, the Cougs' defense held the Ducks to seven points on their first five drives. That was enough to help the Cougs' Offense take a 19-7 lead, but the Ducks scored a touchdown with three seconds left before halftime to make it 19-14. Then they scored 29 second half points to burst past the Cougs. 
Duck junior running back C.J. Verdell led the Ducks rushing attack with 18 carries for 118 yards and a touchdown. He also caught five passes for 36 yards. God, they make me sick. I know. Can't you know that. what I don't – what I've always been curious on is how – what kind of training do the Ducks have that makes their passing – I mean, honest to God, when you watch the Ducks, their passing accuracy is pretty phenomenal. Yep. And I, I just – is it just practice what the hell makes their timing routes so damn good? I mean, that's what a lot of it is because it's timing, Beach. It's yeah, that it's, wide receiver and that quarterback being on the same page. They, they are – and, I mean, we've seen different quarterbacks. We've seen different receivers. But they just connect so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still can't stand the bastards. Yep. But I didn't I mean, think Oregon looked passes. that good in that game. No, but but again, some of their timing routes are perfect on those passes. Oh yeah, I agree. But yeah, I would. Well, and I, yeah, I thought they they started out a little rough. I really thought, um, I really thought Washington State could give it to them. Yeah, I I just I think Ducks defense is kind of suspect this year, so we'll have to wait and see. I heard they're going to be missing some players next week. Uh, people sick? Um, I don't know. I just saw a, a brief thing on a UFO website where it said some players might be absent for the game against UCLA. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Can... Okay. All right. Well, all three of us won there. Next up, Beach, USC at Arizona. Ooh. I think we should call it Arizona. Huh. Um, so, oh, dang it. Did I take USC on that one? All three of us did. Yeah. Vaviv Malapai. How'd that, how'd, that, how'd that play out for us, Billy? Well, Beach, Vaviv Malapai scored on an eight-yard run with 25 seconds left, giving the number 20-ranked USC Trojans a 33-30 win on Saturday afternoon before an intimate friends and family crowd at Arizona Stadium. Now, now Arizona had taken a 27-23 lead with 1.35 to go on a six-yard TD catch from Grant Gunnell to Stanley Berryhill III. But then its defense, which had played so well for nearly the entire game, couldn't make a stop when it needed one most. The Trojans went 75 yards in six plays, a pass that was nearly intercepted by Christian Woland Wallace, only to be tipped to USC receiver Amon Ross St. Brown at the eight-yard line, setting up the game-winning score on the ensuing play. Now, it was the eighth consecutive loss for Arizona, which dropped the final seven games of the 2019 season and marks the third straight year the Wildcats have started 0-1. That's the first time that's happened in school history. Now, Gunnell threw for 286 yards and three touchdowns with an interception on 24-36 passing, adding a career-best 40 yards rushing, while Gary Brightwell ran for 112 yards and Tavian Cunningham had five receptions for 110 yards, including a 75-yard TD catch. Now, USC which beat ASU 28-27 at home last week in the final minutes, got 325 passing yards from Keaton Slovis. The Trojans outgamed Arizona 498-444 to for the game. Dang. Yep. I, I, I thought, we were watching that game, I thought Arizona had him. And then that tip ball and the guy freaking caught it and jumped out of bounds. Yeah, was yeah just... that was that the tip ball was the big issue. Mm-hmm. You know, it always, you know, I just remember being in high school and I, but didn't you always tip, tip balls, always the worst thing. Aren't you better off just hitting to the ground? Yeah. But, but I guess you he never was, know if you're going to be able to get it or not. Yeah. He was going for the interception to try and end the game. So, yeah. And it just came off his hands. It just kind of floated down and the guy was right there to pick up the ricochet. So, 
Amazing. But we all got the win there. Up next, Beach, Colorado at Stanford. Ooh, and I took the Cardinal on this one. Correct. Kyle and I, I hate you, Kyle, we took Colorado. Uh, the Colorado Buffaloes hit on all cylinders offensively, and the defense came up with big plays when they needed them most in a 35-32 to win over the Cardinal that approved the Buffs to 2-0 and under Carl Durrell's direction. Now, just like in their opening win over UCLA, the Buffs had some tense moments down the stretch. Colorado led 28-9 midway through the third quarter, then had to fight off a Stanford rally late in the game. But in the end, Colorado prevailed to record its fifth consecutive 2-0 start to the season and remain in a tie with USC for the Pac-12 South lead. Now, the the Buffs' offense rang up 432 yards in the win, led by another excellent performance from senior quarterback Sam Neuer, who threw for 255 yards and two touchdowns and also ran for 36 yards in a pair of scores. Sophomore running back Jarek Broussard notched his second straight 100-yard effort, finishing with 120 yard, 121 yards on the ground. And wide receiver Dimitri Stanley had his second game with six catches, finishing with a career-high 126 yards receiving, including a 55-yard TD. Now, defensively, the Buffs were outstanding in the first half, then came up with enough stops in the second half to get the win. Colorado limited Stanford to just 70 yards rushing, including only nine yards by Stanford starting tailback Austin Jones. Colorado also had two big red zone defensive stands and held the Cardinal to a 5-for-16 on third down tries. Now Stanford did score 16 points in the fourth to cuff their deficit to three, but got the ball back with only 10 seconds remaining. Damn it. Yep, so Kyle and I got the win there. You did not that sucked all right beach utah at ucla uh did anything happen no i picked utah yeah you and i picked utah kyle picked ucla but that game was canceled why would kyle pick bitch tits that's what i want to know why would he support ukla he's pick he's not supporting ukla he's picking who he thinks is going to win the game yeah all right next up beach cal at arizona state Ooh. I picked Arizona State. I picked the Sun Devils on this one. Did you not pick Cal? No, all three of us took ASU. Oh, dagnabbit. Thought this was my great way to catch up. Well, Beach, it wouldn't have mattered because the game was canceled. Oh. Well, that sucked. I feel... You know how in this society you can be what you feel? Mm -hmm. I feel the two canceled games would have gone my way, so I feel I deserve two additional points. So, just saying. doesn't work that way. Really? Because this isn't your society. But if, I'm a, if, but if I dress up like a girl, I can do girl sports. All right, Beach. So because both those games were canceled, the Pac-12 got together, and the Utah-UCLA game was canceled because Utah had a Rona problem. The Cal... Really, so- I, 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 I just had an epiphany. What? You know how I love women's volleyball, right? It's my favorite sport. You're going to go play women's volleyball? What if I became a women's volleyball player? You don't have any eligibility left. How can you say that? They can't discriminate on yeah, age. They can. Yeah, no, really? because, because you, started, you started school back in, what, 1993? So that's when your clock started ticking. But I dropped out. doesn't matter. Your clock started ticking. Really? Yeah. You know, there's something Besides wrong. Besides, those girls would kick your ass. Well, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping. Main thing I'm hoping for, like, you know how they always slap each other on the ass at the end of a good, you know, play? It's kind of what I'm going for. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Damn it. 
But anyways, so the Utah-UCLA game was canceled because of Utah. The Cal at Arizona State game was canceled because of Arizona State. So the Pac-12 got together and Cal played at UCLA on Sunday. Oh, really? Yep. So what they're going to try and do, if, if the games get canceled early enough and there's multiple teams, they will try to set something up so they get a game. That makes it tough, though, because they really don't have any time to prepare against what did they know this was coming no uh they knew so like wednesday morning or thursday so they start watching films and start prepping well, at that but, point they got like three days to prepare well yeah but both teams do yeah so same mm. same so so who anyways won? so cal at ucla obviously we didn't pick this game ucla's offense in the first half looked like vintage chip kelly variety as in the 2012 oregon ducks the, blur, the Bruins were, quite frankly, a blur, increasing the tempo between many of their plays on their way to scoring 20 points in the second quarter en route to a 34-10 win. Now, UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson accounted for all four of his touchdowns, three passing and one rushing, before halftime. And the Bruins' defense was equally impressive in limiting the Cow Bears to just 176 yards of offense. Thompson-Robinson finished the game with 196 yards passing to go with 52 yards rushing. His production more than offsetting a first-quarter interception that proved harmless when UCLA defense rebuffed Cal on a three and out. Hmm. So there you go. All right, Beach, and our final game of the weekend, Oregon State at Washington. We were freaking cheated. Yep. We'd all taken Oregon State. Uh, the Oregon State Beavers were threatening to score the go-ahead touchdown early in the fourth quarter against Washington Huskies on Saturday night. In Seattle, but a controversial spot on Jamar Jefferson's fourth and one run awarded the ball to the Huskies, who took over at their own five-yard line and went on to win 27 to 21 in a smash-mouth game at Husky Stadium. Now Washington led 24 to 21 when Jefferson was stopped short, and the Huskies would engineer a 15-play, 52-yard drive in the fourth quarter that ended with a Peyton Henry 23-yard field goal with 1:49 to play. On Oregon State's ensuing drive, Tristan Jebbia was intercepted by Asia Turner on fourth and five, and the Huskies held on for the victory. Jebbia finished just 11 of 24 for 85 yards in the interception. But Jefferson did have 23 carries for 133 yards and a TD. First of all, let's talk about that spot. It wasn't just the fourth down spot. The third down spot was just as bad. I, I it was don't, just as bad. Can you can did you know? I recall watching an Oregon play. Can, a couple of can you challenge a spot? Yeah. You want to ask? Yes, you can. Yes. Here's part of the problem. There was only six cameras at Husky Stadium, and they basically had not very good sideline shots. You know how you normally see like the the truck that drives up and down the sideline. Yeah. Usually right down, kind of following the ball. Yeah, and it's above everybody's head. It's yep. the, the camera's on top of the They the did thing. not even have one of those at Husky Stadium. Is it because we were an un, an unpopular game? Oh, and I'm they sure, just and because it was so late. Money into it? And it was so late. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So we're just going to give have, them they can have up the twelve. They can have up to 12 cameras at a game. I, I just don't understand why in the hell it seems like every time we play the Huskies, the refs – Pick the winner. Well, and the other thing that bothered me on that um, drive that Washington had afterwards that they were able to, to kick the field goal is there was a helmet-to-helmet uh, a, uh, -helmet contact penalty that, that booted out an Oregon State player. 
Mm-hmm. And to me, I looked at it. He wasn't trying to hit him helmet to helmet. Um, it was pretty incidental in my book. That said, I understand what they're trying to do. So if that is a penalty and it's going to get a player booted, I'm fine with that. As but long then, as it's consistent. But I don't understand why last week when they flagged the Washington State player who did something in my book that was much more egregious, it got overturned. It made absolutely no sense. And it, that's not, what bothers me. What were we going to say? I don't get it. Oh, it's just the inconsistency. And that's what bothers me. Yeah. Bothers um, me to no end. But I... I didn't. I just. I, I still go back to. You know, the only thing that I really appreciated about the broadcast was the fact that the announcers also called BS on especially, it, and they called it on Petros. not just yeah, not just once, but several times in the broadcast. About they pretty much horrible, said Oregon State got screwed. Yeah, about how horrible that spot was, and it was. I was on the phone with with Dad at the time, and I we were talking. I was like, ah, that was a bad spot on third down, but you know they got they'll get it on fourth down, and they ran the ball. I'm like, oh, he's totally got it. And then they mm-hmm. sent the ball back at least a yard and a half back from where he was. You know, and and you and I both had the same thought was, well, maybe the ball wasn't as far as we thought it was on his person when he hit the ground. But then but, when you re-looked at it, you're like going, no, he passed that hash mark. Yeah, he was way past he it. Was good. They, yeah, they, they passed it, good. and then they just knocked he, him back, and he fell down. It. Yeah, you're supposed to give you forward momentum. And I, that was, that was a horrible, horrible spot. I mean, I, you know, and, you know, so I guess I just thought he got it when they brought the chains out. I thought it was more of a show than it was going to be. And they're like, holy frick, how in the hell did the ball move back that far? Yeah, I completely agree. Completely. Jackasses. Anyways, I I wish, you know, at least if it was Strickers, we'd know who to blame. Who was that jackass? Because we need to label him. He's a new Strickers. No shit. No shit. Anyways. um, So the Beavs dropped that one. I didn't like the way the game. I like the the special teams touchdown. Mm-hmm. On that. Oh. Now on the um, the uh, bad on the, snap on the, on the punt where they recovered it and ran it in for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. I will send you a video link. And I saw it on a. <clears throat> I saw it on Twitter. Trevon Bradford was actually back to receive that punt. And when the ball was snapped over the he, the guy's head, he went running all the way down the field. He actually made the block. Because if you watch, there's a guy, there's an Oregon player, or a Washington player trying to come in and recover the ball. Mm-hmm. He knocks him away from the ball that allows the Oregon State player to pick up the ball and go to score. And then Bladford kind of chipped another guy who was coming in to try and make the tackle. It's an wow. amazing play because, I mean, he damn near ran 80 yards all the way down the field. I mean, this is what you say. This is why you never give up on a play. See this? Mm-hmm. This guy made a difference because he didn't give up on the play. He wasn't standing there watching. Anyways, I'll try to I'll try to find it on Twitter and send it to you. It was just, it was it was yeah, a great do. play. Yeah. Please do. If I'll try to post it on the on the Facebook page too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because it was great. Interactive between the podcast and the Facebook page. How cool is that? Yeah, no doubt. But anyways, um, so after last week, Beach, uh, you picked up two out of four wins to go to four mm-hmm. and eight. Kyle and I picked up three out of four wins to go to five and eight. All righty. <coughs> and Beach, I'll go on to the Pac-12 in the polls. 
After last week, Oregon remained at number 11 in the AP poll. USC remained at 20. And Utah, who hasn't played a game yet, Washington State and Arizona State were all in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the USA Today coaches poll, Oregon dropped a spot to number 13. USC gained a spot to number 19. And Utah, who hasn't played a game yet, Washington and Colorado are all in the others receiving votes category. Maybe Utah should just not play all season and I, they'll have to go in with a good ranking. Yeah, no doubt. They're, they're, al- they're almost in the rankings as it is. So Yeah, they might get a bowl game. Yeah, totally. What a joke. I know. All anyway. Right, Up next, it is time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week oh, Award. No, no. Sen- Senator Tommy Tuberville, Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan, Beach. So, Beach, after on Sunday, it was announced that South Carolina has parted ways with football coach Will Muschamp. Athletic director Ray Tanner announced. Offensive coordinator Mike Bobo, the former head coach at Colorado State, will serve as the Gamecocks interim coach for the remainder of the season. Now, Tanner said in a statement, quote, after a thorough assessment of our football program, we have decided to make a change with the head football coach. I appreciate all that Will Muschamp has done for our program and wish him and his family the best moving forward. I believe our program will be well served by Coach Bobo as the, in- as the interim head coach as we search for a new leader for Gamecock football. You know, is that, is that, that must be like a, a template online so that when you fire your coach, you can just download it, insert names there. Yeah. And and speak that because I think I've heard that speech before. Yep. Several times. Correct. Uh, Beach uh, goes on here. The move to dismiss Muschamp comes on the heels of South Carolina's third straight loss, a 59 to 42 setback to Ole Miss on Saturday. The Gamecocks, who are two and five, have allowed a total of 159 points during their three-game losing streak and gave up 708 yards of total offense in the loss to Ole Miss. Now Muschamp was in his fifth season as South Carolina's coach. He was 28 and 30 overall. He recorded more wins in his first three seasons at 22 than any coach in school history and trailed only Steve Spurrier with 28 wins after four seasons as South Carolina's coach. But the Gamecocks finished 4 and 8 a year ago and have lost 14 of their past 20 games, dating to a 28 to nothing Belk Bowl defeat to Virginia to end the 2018 season. Now, according to the terms of Muschamp's contract, Beach. He is due buyout worth about $15 million if he were to be fired at the end of this season. I need to get a buyout program like that. That's pretty good. Well, Beach, so I, I, what, what the hell do they – with everything that's going on, it's amazing they're playing in any games. And they're still willing to sacrifice $15 still, million dollars to get rid of their coach. Exactly. Like, if they would have the let hell? him go through the end of the season, how much would it cost him? Less than – if he was fired at the end of the season, $15 million bucks. But, but hell, let fire- him go through the end of the season, get through the recruiting thing, and then fire him. Yeah. I just it makes no sense. And this what this season is just I mean, it's a throwaway season as it is. It, it is a it is a crap season. I mean, we you and I were having that conversation the other day. Mm-hmm. It's just you know it's it's nice to have Pac-12 football to watch, uh-huh. but it's but weird. It, it's yeah, it's like three quarters of a game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 like. To quote, uh, to quote, uh, super bad. It's like three quarters of, a you know, it, it's it's somewhat enjoyable, but you're you're really not getting what you need out of it. Yeah. 
It's just... It's the fluffer of a season. <laughs> it's a fluffer. It's kind of keeping you ready, but you're really not getting there. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways. You know, I wonder if our fan is enjoying this one today. I hope so. <laughs> Kyle will. Kyle's out driving that Christmas tree to uh, the state or Yay. the nation's capital. So, How exciting is that? It's cool. So. I, I, I've been watching some of his video updates he's been posting on Facebook where they stop and have the tree and stuff. So it's pretty neat. Where are you going to put that, Griswold? Bend over <laughs> and I'll show it to you. Got an awful lot of nerve talking to me that way. I wasn't talking to you. I love that movie. Got to watch that soon. All righty, Beach. So, South Carolina football. Yep. South Carolina football and athletic director Ray Tanner, you get this week's. (laughs) Jackass of the Week Award. All righty, Beach. It is now time for the musical interlude, and it is your pick. Ooh. Okay. Hold on here. Uh, I was all sitting down relaxed in my chair now i gotta go up and look at some stuff here so this song i actually like this song i like most of the songs we pick but this one where was it here we go this band was originally formed as a trio uh gentleman named denny campbell also known as steak knife Danny Boone Alexander, and Jason Brooks, also known as Brooks Buford. Danny Boone and Snake Knife, both from Warner Robins, Georgia, were the rap group Prime Suspect. Danny Boone and Brooks Buford were both recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. Um, and uh, they uh, – uh, so they're a bunch of druggies. There and so, so their trio – they decided to call rehab. You familiar with rehab? I'm yes. Okay. So back in uh, May of 2008, as the third the third single from their fourth album album Graffiti the World, uh, they released this song called the Bartender Song, also known as Sitting at a Bar. So anyway, this is one of my favorites. It's a little bit about drinking, a little bit about making bad choices. So without further ado, here is the bartender song by Rehab. Prepare for an aperitif. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, I can wet my whistle. Yes. Brandy, sir? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> bartender, I really did it this time. Bro. My parole to have a good time When I got home It was 6 a.m. The door was locked So I kicked it in She was tripping on the bills I think she was high on some pills She threw my shit Out into the yard Then she called me a bum And slapped me real hard And in my drunken stupor I did what I should have never done Now I'm sitting Talking to you, drunk and on the run I'm sitting at a bar on the inside Waiting for my ride on the outside She broke my heart in the trailer park So I jacked the 
And crashed that piece of shit and then stepped away so interesting pick the um i didn't realize there's a remix version of that song with uh, hank williams jr singing the second verse did you know that no yeah yeah so and, and then you know you got the couple versions you got the you got the dirty version you got the regular version with our conversation going on here today i'm assuming we're we're doing the dirty version so there you go so, but great song. <sighs> I thought you wanted okay. to talk about it. What? I thought you no, wanted to talk no. About it. no, we weren't talking about the song. We were talking about, about the update from Eugene. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, what are we going on to next, Billy? All right, Beach. It is now time for, well, you know what? Before we do that, we should talk about our uh, little tailgater we had over at Greg's house. <laughs> Let's talk about our tailgater. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. I agree. We had a good good time. Yeah, for, I mean, first I thought it was dumb as hell. Yeah. You know, when I had when I had to head over to your house and it's raining and it's cold and we're hooking up the trailer 
And I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be you and me and Greg and Ellen and Matt. And we're going to be sitting there in the wet and the cold and the wind watching a TV outside, trying to enjoy Philly cheesesteaks when all we want to do is be inside of a warm uh, house. Mm-hmm. That was my thought. Pretty but nice. it turned out pretty darn good. It was good. I mean, it was wet and crappy, but it was good. Yeah, the, you know, the wind wasn't bad, but the house provided a nice windbreak. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the, the tent was more than big enough to cover us. The fire was nice. I agree. So, other than the smoke kept getting my eyes, but, you know, hey, you know, small small sacrifices. Yeah, but it was good. We had a good time. A few people yeah. showed up. People yeah, what did we have pretty... about? Well, we, we shouldn't talk about the number of people because, you know, COVID. Yeah, we, we just had enough that was perfect. Exactly. Well, and what do you can? You can have 30 people at a funeral, but only five people at a gathering. So I think we're having a funeral for the dead deer over on the other side of the railroad. There track. you go. The one that the dog <laughs> kept trying to go get. Exactly. So, no, I was, uh, I wish the game would have, uh, well, you know, it was nice though. We got to watch, what games did we watch while we were out there? The USC Arizona game and the Duck game, weren't both of those? Uh, I think we watched both of them. Yeah, yeah. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was nice for uh, Greg and Ellen to host. I agree. It was fun. So, yeah. It was a good time. So, but that's probably our last one for the year. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's just the weather's not. too damn cold and wet and gross. Well, on top of that, our next, uh, well, who, who are we playing this week? Cal. Cal. So we got the Cal game, which is Sausage Fest. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who doesn't love Sausage Fest? Exactly. Yeah, but I can see Civil War would be tough to do uh, day after Thanksgiving throwing a tailgater, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. way we're doing it this year. So. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, okay, well, where are we on to next, Billy? All right, Beach, it is now time to uh, look at week number three oh, in the Pac-12. Real, real quick, what was our Philly cheesesteak count? How many sandwiches uh, did they make? Yeah, how many sandwiches did you make? Normally around 120, 130. Oh, I made just over 20. Okay, still not bad. Yeah, not bad. I made just over 20. I'm thinking of, of buns I had left. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just opened up the fourth package, and I did make one without a bun. So, it's about 20. So, you know, honestly, not a bad attendance when you think about no, it. No, no. <laughs> but some people had more than one sandwich. Oh, okay. Well, who didn't? Who yeah. wouldn't want to have more exactly. than one? Exactly. So don't don't take that don't take that for how many people were attendance. All right. Let's go to look at week number three in the Pac twelve beach. All of the games are scheduled for Saturday, November twenty first. Let me get Kyle up here. There we go. Okay. All right, Beach. First up, UCLA at number eleven, Oregon. Okay, I'd like to go on the record that I think Chip Kelly is an ass. Okay. I don't think there's really any redeeming quality of character of that man. Mm -hmm. I think he's a liar. I think he's a cheater. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a whore. Yeah. That being said, I think UCLA is going to kick U of O's ass. Really? Yes. Okay, I'm putting that down there. UCLA. 
Otson ain't going to be Otson's not going to be loud. No, that really that that that's yeah. You know you're you're right yeah, there. Yeah, so the so the the fans aren't going to be in it. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a real home field advantage, and I think uh, I think both UCLA and I think Chip Kelly have a hard on for U of O, and I think they're going to go at him with everything they got. Mm-hmm. And I don't think U of O's got enough there to keep up back. Interesting call, Beach. Yep. I, however, am going to take Oregon. I'll be happy to not win that one. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. Uh, Kyle sent a, a note here. It says, good day from Topeka, Kansas. That must be where he's at with the tree when he wrote this. Home of a lot of restaurants closed on Sunday. It's because it's hmm. Sunday. You're supposed to uh, eat with your family. He says, except for the Hooters next like door to the hotel. A, it's like a world. It's like a world of Chick Fil A. So he's like, except for the Hooters next door to the hotel. So he goes, I went to a burger chain called Spangles. The fries were good enough. The burger all right. They offered ninety nine cent margaritas at the drive up window. I didn't take a chance with that. <laughs> How is that even legal? Well, and you know, down in New Orleans, they have uh, drive through daiquiri stores. So who knows? Mm. All right, Beach. He goes on to say, UCLA at Oregon, Ducks win because 2020 sucks. Hmm. I would kind of agree with that. Okay. Next up, Arizona at Washington. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Arizona. You are taking Arizona. I'm going to take Want to hear my comment? I'm going to take Arizona too. Okay. Well, go ahead. The only thing that would contradict that, the only thing I'd contradict is the fact that they're still playing at Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh it's cold. correct? Yeah. Uh no, uh they got uh hometown refs again and I'm sure they'll just move the ball where they want to. It doesn't work like that, but sure. <laughs> All right, Kyle says, uh, Arizona demands uh, Huskies score more points. Arizona demands a recount. Huskies still had more points. So he's taking you down. All right, next up, Beach is number 20 USC at Utah. <laughs> I think Utah is going to keep their undefeated season. <laughs> Are you going to take Utah? I don't know if they're going to play. Kyle says, if they do play, I think it'll be Utah. I think we should make a third choice. Do you think they'll play? (laughs) Like bonus points. Uh, Kyle says, Utah has canceled two games. Does that make them ineligible for a national championship? For a bowl game? If they can't do either of those things, are they ineligible for poll rankings? How about conference championships? All moot points as they lose to USC. I'm going to take Utah. I do not like USC's coaching. Hmm. I think they luck out a lot of times. Yep. I think yep, I think yep, they yep, win yep. despite their coaching. Yep. I I concur. Okay, up next Beach, Washington State at Stanford. You know, Stanford's disappointed me all year long. I'm going to take Washington State. Beach taking Wazoo. Kyle says, I think the Cougs beat Stanford last year. Let's go ahead and do that again. So 
So he's taking Wazoo. I, too, am taking Wazoo. Stanford just doesn't look good. Okay. Next. Next up, Arizona State at Colorado. I'm taking Colorado. Taking Colorado. I also am taking Colorado. And Kyle? I'm looking. He didn't pick that game. He didn't pick the game? No, I don't see a, a pick for that game. Kyle, if you get this, send me who you want. Colorado or Arizona State. I'm taking Colorado. Uh, last up, Beach, Cal at Oregon State. And I'm thinking I'm going to take OSU on this one. I, too, am taking OSU. Kyle says, I will be watching from Washington, D.C. And I may or may not be watching with a certain president of the United States. No, I will not. That won't happen. Dude, I would totally love – Kyle, would you please take a selfie with the president? <laughs> he just said that won't happen. I, I told – I, you know, it's going to happen. He's a nice guy. I, I hear wonderful things. He says, I'm happy so, I won't have to stay up past midnight to see the whole game. Beavs win. Fox Sports won. Home of the Beavs. So I think the Beavs have a good chance in this game. I want to see I want to oh. see Kyle in the Oval Office with a selfie with the president watching the, watching the, watching the game. Here's the reason why he didn't pick Arizona State of Colorado, Beach. Why? It's canceled already. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Just looked farther down on what I'd written them. Canceled. Oh, that's right. They canceled that game. So, okay. So well, who, who can't play? Uh, Arizona State. They're having their own problems. I, I think the Beavs have a good chance to, to, to lay a lick on Colorado on Saturday. So what you're saying is there's a good chance Colorado will play USC? I mean, because you don't think you have <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Maybe we should pick that game. Well, we'll wait and see. I tell you what, if it goes down, then I'll message you guys and we'll we'll pick it. Okay, because I'm picking Colorado. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right, Beach, we got those all done. So, yeah, I think the Bees have a good shot on Saturday to beat Colorado. And when it comes to bowl to games. Cal. You mean to beat Cal? To beat, I keep saying that. Yeah, to beat Cal. I think they should lay a lick on them. Cal didn't look yeah. very good. So. Cal has really Cal has like one good season and then like five bad seasons. Yeah, well, so. since they got rid of uh, what's his name as the coach a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. So Jeff Tedford. Anyways, BJ, anything else to add? Oh, you know, I don't know. Again, it's it's like this. This season is three quarters of that's what it is. So I just I I miss the tailgating. I I miss you know as stupid as it is. I miss getting my ass up at like what four o'clock, three thirty, four o'clock in yeah. the morning to head down to set up the tailgater. I agree. And and it's just it just doesn't feel. And I miss being in Reeser. You know, I was watching um, oh Monday Night Football tonight. I uh, can't remember who who was playing. Uh, it was but they're, they're... the Vikings and Chicago. Oh yeah, it was Chicago. And you're and you're looking at the stadium. And there's not a there's not a soul in the state, you know, in the seats. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, not only does it suck that there's no fans there to enjoy the game, but it's also got to feel almost like a scrimmage for the players. You know, you can pump the noise through and you can make it sound like there's fans there, 
but you don't have any kinetic, you know, like energy of people moving yeah. and jumping up and down and the, the roars and it's, it's just gotta be damned eerie. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. So, yeah. So anyway, that's my, uh, that's my take on this whole thing. I just, it sucks. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 151 of illegal participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, ask a question, Heinrich tailgater, gmail.com at Heinrich tailgater on Twitter, Heinrich tailgater on Facebook. Remember listen, subscribe, leave a comment and a review, uh, Apple podcasts, Google play podcasts, Stitcher radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. Beach. Billy. Uh, you going to come down on Saturday. I will be, or are you going to come up on Saturday? Oh, I thought we were going to do are it down here. Okay, then we're doing it down there. Yes, I, I mean, if it involves sausages, hell yes. Okay, I've got some uh, Evergoods that we can cook up. So I'm, I'm stoked. And I've got cheese sauce. I love cheese sauce. Do you, you got mustard too? Yellow mustard, not that fancy well, crap. Of course I've got yellow mustard. You know, I saw a meme the other day and it was talking about, you know, here I thought people used grape when as a kid I was so indoctrinated to believe that people were rich if they used grape upon. So I'm just a Frenchist kind of guy. Straight up yellow. Well, I, I like all kinds of mustard. Depending on what I'm eating, depending on what I'm putting. Alright, so until next week, here's a great big go beeves. Alrighty, Beach. Um, I dude, I'm never gonna be able to make it in politics because, uh, yeah, if, if they ever start listening to my podcast, I'm totally screwed. Yeah. I uh, I um, downloaded both versions of the song, the one with okay, the original sitting at the bar, the original mm-hmm. single, and then I also downloaded the Hank Williams Jr. version. Ooh, which, okay. which one do you want me to play during the song during where we have it, and which one do you want me to play? After the show, um, play the original one for the first. And then I'll, I'll instead of having um, clips at the end, I'll put that. Okay, sounds good. good. Bartender, I really did it this time Broke my parole to have a good time When I got home, it was 6 a.m. The door was locked, so I kicked it in She was tripping on the bills I think she was high on some pills She threw my things out into the yard Then she called me a bum and slapped me real hard And in my drunken stupor, I did I should have never done Now I'm sitting here Talking to you Drunken on the run I'm sitting at a bar on the end
inside Waiting for my ride on the outside She stole my heart in the trailer park So I jacked the keys to her father's car And crashed that Chevrolet and then stepped away You know, Mo, I'll probably get ten years So just give me beers till they get here Yeah, I know the sun is coming up And y'all are probably getting ready for closing up But I'm trying to drown my soul I'm tired of this life on a dirt road And everything that I love is gone And I'm tired of hanging on She got me sitting at a bar on the inside Waiting for my ride on the outside She stole my heart in the trailer park So I jacked the keys to her father's car And crashed that Chevrolet and stepped Guess away Guess it was meant to be Romance is misery So much for memories And now I'm headed to the penitentiary See me on TV The next cop series I am a danger I guess I should've did something about my anger But I never learned Real things that don't concern I pour kerosene on everything I love and watch it burn I know it's my fault But I wasn't happy it was over She threw a bed so I crashed her daddy's head And now I'm going back again Back to the pen to see my friends And when we all pile out that county van They're gonna ask me where I've been I've been at a bar on the inside Waiting for my ride on the outside She stole my heart in the trailer park So I jacked the keys to her father's car And crashed that Chevrolet I like beer.